0: Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. <music> Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. Today, let's talk about distractions. They are the enemy of greatness. You might be able to tell simplicity and focus start to finish lots of uh lots of common themes lately especially simplicity and i guess you know we for simplicity's sake we probably should define greatness i mean come on if i'm gonna title today's episode distractions of the enemy of greatness well what is greatness I don't know, you you can establish that for yourself. You can define it any way that you would like to. For me, it's about being extraordinary, remarkable, dazzling. It's about being uncommon. I know we all wanna think that we are extraordinary, but by definition, you and I both know that most of us are average. And I guess it could be considered some degree of greatness if we're just above average. Well, it might be considered greatness if, we're, if we even reach average, then that means we're not in that bottom tier of below average. And when you talk about enemies, well, there are so many enemies to our success and to goodness, much less greatness, lots of things, distractions. No sooner do we overcome one problem, it's kind of like a hydra, you know, eight more pop up. But distractions, as I'm using it, encompass a ton of different things that we have to battle if we're going to try to achieve anything at all. Let's talk about it. Complacency, that's right up there, and that encompasses a ton. Uh, I could argue, I think successfully, that complacency is a distraction, though, because a lot of us, I've got a, i have got a—I—I posted, I don't know if you would call it a meme. I'm going to call it a meme. I'll insert it in the show notes here for today's episode. Uh, and I was just being sarcastic and snarky as I am wont to do. Um, but I posted the question Are you willing to put yourself through whatever is necessary to experience whatever you desire most? And then I answered it and said, Yeah, me neither. <laughs> because it's just true. It is just so true. And that's complacency, but that in and of itself is a distraction. It was Tolstoy who wrote, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody thinks about changing himself. There was a podcaster that posted a couple of weeks ago in social media, something about people, podcasters wanting to grow their audience and every podcaster presumably wants to do that, but few want to really change what they're doing or how they're doing it, or Put in the work and the effort to grow and get better. And I replied, this person posted it on a number of different social media platforms. And on one of them, I don't remember which, but I answered and said, yeah, but this, that really is pretty much true. No matter what the endeavor podcasting or anything else, we just, we would like a different outcome. We want a different result. Tolstoy, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody thinks about changing himself. I would make a small but significant edit to that. Everybody wants to change their world, their outcome, but they may not be willing to change themselves. In short, most of us want a different outcome without having to alter anything that we do. We would prefer to keep doing what we are most comfortable doing, hoping that our outcome will magically improve. It won't, of course, but We wish it would. We wish that we could drop the weight that we've long needed to drop and continue to eat what we eat, eat the way we eat, live the way we live. We would just like for there to be some magic that washes over us and makes it all better. Now, you know me. I'm a phrase guy. I'm a word guy. It is, after all, how we convey thoughts and ideas, major way that we communicate. Being competitive, being competitive. That's an important phrase in all of this because I, th- I think too frequently we may view that negatively as though we mean victory rides on the back of somebody else's defeat. But that is not true when it comes to us being our best. It is not true when it comes to us competing with our distractions, competing with our complacency, competing with our whatever the enemy is of our, okay, you're not comfortable deeming it greatness. How about we just call it success or achievement? Our success, your success, it does not rob you of anything. Well, no, it doesn't rob you of anything. People can think, yeah, but it's going to cost me, you know, I'm going to, I need to drop some weight, but it's going to, you know, I'm going to have to eat stuff that I don't really love to eat. I'm going to have to stop eating the stuff that I really love to eat. I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to exercise a little bit. I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to stop doing that. And I really, you know, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to keep on the way I'm going. And we know intellectually, we know, well, that's what got you here. That's why you're in the shape you're in. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I just want it to all magically go away. <laughs> I would that it could happen. But alas, it doesn't. Being competitive, being competitive with ourselves, we have to grow our competitive stamina, and I fear that too many of us, well, we've got no stamina at all when it comes to being competitive with ourselves in the pursuit to grow, to improve, to get better because frankly, we don't, we don't want the challenge. We certainly don't want somebody else challenging us. We really mostly don't want to challenge ourselves. We mostly just want to be left alone and just go on our merry way because we've all got these default behaviors. We've got these default viewpoints, a default way of viewing the world. And it's comfortable for us, even if there's some pain associated with it. There's pain associated with being overweight, out of shape. Low energy probably affects our sleeping habits, uh, probably affects a ton of things, none of the least of which is our own self-esteem and our own view of ourself and probably not feeling quite so good about ourselves, but it's how it's been and it's how we are and it's how we've probably been for a good long while. And to jolt us out of that into some new reality. Uh, is a lot of work is a lot of work. And normally, unless there is something that is somewhat catastrophic, a major health scare, let's say, probably not going to change. We could, here's the magic. We could, if we just made up our mind, but you know, we get distracted. I phrased today distractions of the enemy of greatness because The distractions, as I said, they, they, they take on so many different forms and fashions. The distraction could be, I don't want to put in the work. I just, I, I don't want to, I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable eating the way I eat and when I eat and not putting in a bunch of physical activity. It's comfortable, which is why. There you go. I mean, complacency, which is why to me, distractions, complacency, roll it all up in one big ball and throw it out there. It's six, one, half dozen, another, the same. Okay. Let's table greatness. Let's even table success because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, you know, you're thinking high level, high end success. And I'm not thinking that I'm thinking, of anything that isn't failure. Well, there's a lot of degrees to all of this. One man's ceiling's another man's floor, and all that. Now, you know what failure feels like, and you know what failure looks like, and you also know what non failure looks like. Okay, success, achievement. And I've long said, because I believe that it's true, that we, some of our challenges and problems, we, endure them. That is, we just have to grind it out. We just have to get through it. Others, okay, we can overcome them. We may can make them go away. We may can mitigate them. We may can minimize them at the very least. But others, okay, not so much. I don't know your situation. I don't know your circumstances. Told somebody the other day, I listen, I, I, I I'm having trouble sometimes quantifying my own, much less yours. And isn't life like that? As I hit the record button, today is Wednesday, March the 9th, 2022. And, of course, this Russian invasion of Ukraine has been all the news, as it should be. It's a really monumental event. Some two million people have already left the country. Most, if not all, have fled to nearby Poland. It's a horrible situation. It's horrible circumstance. Uh, What are these people to do? Well, really a couple of choices. Stay and fight and risk whatever that involves up to and including your life. Flee the country and risk essentially the same thing. But your life's going to be disrupted. Your life is disrupted. It doesn't appear that there's any two ways around that. It's just, you know, pick what you're going to do. Horrible, horrible circumstance. Well, at the individual level, you're not going to overcome that. Three million people who live in Kiev are, and, and a third of them are gone. One to 1.2 million people have already left. So you got another couple of million people there, uh, kind of in hunker down mode, That's, uh, you're, you're not gonna, you're not going to overcome this at the individual level. Collectively, uh, they're fighting back. We all hope and pray that they're successful in defending themselves. Hopeful that the West provides them the support that they need to conduct the battle that they currently face and the ones that they're about to face, but their lives are forever disrupted. You know, as you watch the TV and you see these, especially these older people, and your heart goes out to young and old alike, and and especially the children, and especially the older folks. They showed a bus that was evacuating a nursing facility made up of elderly folks who were relatively helpless. It's like you know what a sad, <laughs> what a sad way to way to go toward the end of your life assuming that these people this this is all they've known i mean they interviewed one man who his family came to kev in when he was 7 years old he appeared to be in his early 50s i mean it essentially is all he's known and it's being destroyed And yes, he's staying behind. He's fighting as so many are a distraction. Yeah, you bet. You think complacency, there is no time for complacency, Uh, but this is a horrible distraction. Is it the enemy of greatness? It's the enemy of survival. You and me, we talk about our problems and our circumstance and situation. And the majority of those of us listening, in fact, i don't know of any that I wouldn't consider, you know, part of quote unquote the West, even if it is people who live in European countries who I know listen to the podcast. They're, they're definitely, uh, living in a Western culture and civilization, not so different than here in America. And we think, well, we've, we've got a problem or a challenge and okay, we grind it out and we do what we got to do, but I'm, I'm not fleeing my home with a backpack able to just, okay. Wh- whatever I can get in the backpack, that's what we're leaving with. No more yellow studio gone things in the house gone. I mean, what, what the, <laughs> it's a worthwhile, it's a worthwhile pondering. What would you take if you were in their shoes? I'm assuming you would take family photographs and that, that sort of stuff. And if you had a computer that you weren't able to take with you, you'd probably download that to a hard drive or a thumb drive and pack that with you. I mean, I would, but I look around the yellow studio at a few things that I'm like, I'd, I'd hate to lose that, but there's no way to take them. I've got four or five, they're called Glyckley prints. They look like oil paintings of Ballard Street. But, you know, these are things that are, I don't know, 17 by 24. <laughs> no way to take those. Those stay. The books, yeah, those those don't go. Whatever I've got in Kindle, okay, that's in the cloud. So, But as far as books go, I mean, there's not no room. Podcasting equipment, yeah, that ain't happening. Computers don't have a laptop, got an iPad. Okay. iPad and the phone probably go, but hard copy photographs that haven't been digitized. Try to grab those. I don't know that I'd take much else tell you the truth, but listen, simplicity and minimalism. You know that I'm, I would love to embrace that. I just haven't done it. Speaking of these things that will jolt, jolt us. Your country being invaded, that, that's a jolt. That, that would jolt you into a whole nother sphere of action. It has all of these people, necessarily so. And I'm sure there are a bunch of people that just want to hunker down, pull the covers over their head, and opt out. Well, that's dangerous. You really don't want to do that. And yet so many of us, we aren't living physically in the circumstance that these poor Ukrainians are, and yet we behave the same way. I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me feel like such a coward, doesn't it? I'm not getting up in the morning. I'm not facing bullets or bombs. I'm not worried about somebody invading or bombing my home. I'm not worried about some tyrannical dictator coming in and overthrowing the government. And yet I can still be paralyzed and not take action. I can still be paralyzed and I can still have this enormous amount of fear in my head and you, know, you stop and you think, oh, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? I regularly ask coaching clients that, and mostly truthfully, mostly I get blank stares because they've not been asked that before. And with some considerable thought, eventually most everyone answers because it is a universal fact that we are afraid we're all afraid. And the more people brag that they're not, the more I'm convinced those may be the most fearful, Mm -hmm. those who claim they're not. I'm afraid of a ton of things. I I don't mind telling you, I'm, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of something happening to my wife and I'm left, I'm left alone without her. Uh, That's a predominant fear that I have. I have a fear of being a burden on her or my family because of lost health or any number of other, I mean, I don't know, just let your imagination run. I mean whatever would cause me to be a burden on the family that, that's a tr- that's a true fear. As a man of faith, the number one fear is the you know the fear of being lost eternally. So I try to live in a way that will avoid that there's, there's a lot of fears. There's a lot of fears. Are, are these contrived? Well, the three that I've just named, none of those are contrived. None of those are figments of my imagination. They are all very real. And not only are they very real, but they are all very real possibilities. And that could be debated if they're probable or not, but they're all possibilities. It could happen. For some reason, I was thinking this morning, and I think of it often, and I know I refer to it probably more than I should, you know, that one line from the Matt Carney song, we're all just one phone call from our knees. And for whatever reason, I was thinking about, I was thinking about some people that I'm, I'm serving and, and was thinking a, a phone call or a visit from the boss saying, we're eliminating your position or I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. And somebody can go to work in the morning and feeling pretty good about their life and their career. And all of a sudden it is, it's a whole different world, a whole different world. And one that let's assume for the sake of this argument that, well, number one, they didn't see it coming. And number two, you know, they really had no vote in the thing, but it completely disrupts their life. And as you look at, at people who have faced such things and you wonder, okay, this person responded with depression and despondency and woe is me and rightfully so to some degree. And then somebody else just looks at it completely different. Somebody else looks at it like, okay, good. Now, now I can get on and I can, now my hands being forced to do what I was kind of sort of wanting to try to do anyway, but I was a little too afraid to do it. And now that fear has gone because now my back's up against the wall and I got to do something. And so they just make up their mind and they, they move forward. I've long been fascinated by the fact that we choose how to feel and we so quickly want to blame a circumstance or a person for making us feel a certain way when the reality is. They haven't made us do that at all. We we chose to let them influence us or we chose to let the circumstance influence us. Having said all that, I completely understand the reality of it because like you, come on, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm the guy who's talked about getting a phone call and you look at the caller ID and you're thinking, oh man, I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> so you're listening to a guy who has freely confessed that a number on a caller ID can make me feel a certain way. Okay, more correctly said, more technically correct. I allow that number to make me feel a certain way. I choose to feel a certain way based upon the fact that I get a phone call from this person or this person's caller ID shows up. It, it fosters that, that emotional response, and I give way to that. Okay. (laughs) Now, I, it's not like it ruins my day or anything. I'm not that sensitive about it all, but it's been interesting to watch the president of the Ukraine. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You're not supposed to put the, in front of it. Apologies to Ukraine. Um, I didn't know that. Did you know that? And I mean, until the world, you know, because I had heard it, I'd heard it nearly. I don't know. As long as I can remember, I'd heard it referred to as the Ukraine. Um, it wasn't until this war erupted that I learned that that to the Ukrainians, that was some, that was disrespectful. I haven't dug deep into that. I'm supposing because the Ukraine, the implication was it's, it's that part of Russia or that part of the Soviet union. And they, they, consider themselves completely separate. So I get it. I want to be respectful. Nobody's listening in Ukraine, but we need to be respectful nonetheless. So I withdraw the, the, but as I'm watching the Ukrainian president, he's pretty fascinating, isn't he? And here's a guy who was the country's leading comedian. Now he's president. And his leadership has been pretty impressive. It's been pretty impressive. You know, has he been perfect? No leader is. But he's been he's been pretty stinking good. Pretty stinking good. And as I watch this guy and the way that he behaves and the pleas that he makes with the West to assist them in their defense of their country. And you wonder, okay, a year ago, what was he thinking? I mean, did he see this coming? And I wonder if he thought that he had it in him. I mean, we don't know, but as you think about yourself and whatever struggles that you face, and maybe you're facing struggles that you you never dreamed you would be facing, but here you are. Did you think you'd be in this situation? And now that you're in the situation, did you think that you would be responding to this situation the way you are responding? Are you distracted? Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Are you complacent? Are you fearful of taking any action? Are you fearful of making any kind of a change that could alter the outcome? Are you just going to sit there and hope? Hope that it just gets better on its own. Hope that if you let enough time go by, it'll all get better. It'll be better. It'll all work out. Yeah, come on. We know better than that. We all just know better than that. And yet we all do it. We're all guilty of doing that to some degree. Some of us more so than others, but we all have those moments where we just, we just so desperately hope. And I'm not sitting here trying to take hope away from you. I'm just, trying to get you to understand that base your hope on something don't don't sit there and base your hope on nothing that that's fool's errand the president of ukraine is basing his hope for defense that those countries that have the resources that his country woefully lacks that they will provide what he needs so He's not sitting around just hoping though he's verbalizing this. He's having meetings. He's conducting press conferences. He's doing everything in his power to put this out there. He is making a worldwide appeal. Help us, please, please help us. Will they respond so far? Some have, and there've been a deepening of sanctions and whatnot. He's up against a formidable foe in Mr. Putin. But he's not sitting back just hoping that things will work out to his favor. He's not just sitting back hoping that the West will not tolerate this. He's pushing the agenda, and so must we, because the distractions and the complacency is an enemy of our ideal outcome. It's an enemy of us achieving whatever it is we hope to achieve. You can call it greatness, call it success, call it achievement, call it accomplishment. I don't care. Call it anything you want to call it, but something other than failure. And we're going to have plenty of that anyway. I mean, we, we don't need to go looking for failure because that's going to find us no matter what we're doing because you're not going to succeed. You're not going to win every battle. This president of Ukraine understands they are not going to win every battle. He's, he's hoping and working diligently and speaking a lot in order to push the agenda forward to win the war. And I'm certain that he would tell you winning the war in his estimation will be not being occupied by Russian forces, not having the government completely toppled, is there a ton of rebuilding that's going to have to happen? (laughs) Yeah, that ship sailed, that ship has sailed. There is a ton of work. If the Russian army withdrew today, this country is going to be years and years and years and years rebuilding. And it ain't over yet. And there's no signs that it's close. He understands that. The citizens of Ukraine seem to understand that as well. So might as well get busy. Time's wasting. Growing our competitive stamina, I I continue to be somewhat preoccupied with our competitive stamina as it relates to our competing with our own complacency and our own distractions competing with ourselves to get better, to improve. It's amazing to me. It shouldn't be, but it is. It's amazing to me that high performers and high achievers continue to push themselves ever higher. Seems to me that there's this habit that has been fostered for most for a long, long time of just constant improvement and getting better. Just a, there's just a level of dissatisfaction. There's just the opposite of complacency in the lives of high-performing people. And I'm not talking about rich people. I'm just talking about high-performing people. To just dissatisfaction with t- today and a looking forward that tomorrow is going to be better. Not just magically so, but I'm going to try to do some things so that tomorrow will be an improvement over today, even if it's just a marginal improvement. And then there are those people that are languishing, really wanting their circumstance to be different, or so they say, but seemingly unwilling to do anything, unwilling to get off the sofa, to get out of bed, to do anything. But they act as though they're desperate for things to be different for things to be better, but they're much less desperate to make a change in themselves so that that could be the result that they could have an improved result because, well, they've changed themselves and that change that they made in themselves fosters and facilitates this improved outcome. And there it is. (laughs) there's, there's the math. There's the math that works as opposed to the math that we wish would work we wish that me continuing to do the same thing would result in an improved outcome for me. There, there is no formula for that. The formula is me making a shift in my thinking, me making a shift in my behavior and my actions, me improving some things, me changing some things. Yep. It means me fixing some things. It means stopping some things that I'm doing that are sabotaging myself and in taking on some new things that I'm not doing that I really need to do that will give me growth and improvement. Those things can facilitate in improving my outcome. Those things that I devote to my own personal growth can result in growth in maybe any number of areas in my life. We want it to be the reverse. We want the outcome first, and it's just not the way the world works. It's not the way life works, and we all know this. We just con ourselves. We delude ourselves into thinking, you know, if I was rich, then I would be this, I would be that, I would be the other. If I had this better circumstance, then I would be this, I would be that, I would be No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. It's long been argued that rich people are just more of who they are. If if they were a jerk before, they're just a bigger jerk. Maybe if they were a super nice person and they get more money, they're just more of a nice person. I I've seen this. I, I believe that it's got the capacity to change people, for sure, but I also believe it does seem to have, based on my observations, it does seem to have the ability to amplify pre existing character. Or an absence of character. So it's rather foolish for us to think that we can put the cart before the horse. We know that that doesn't work. That can't get us anywhere. So think about yourself and think about your distractions. Think about your complacency. Think about your willingness to, in spite of my sarcastic meme, your willingness to put in the work, your willingness to make a change in yourself. Are you dissatisfied enough that you want to do something about it? Because until that happens, you and I both know nothing's going to change. I've lost weight and I've gained weight. And the times when I lost weight and was successful at it is when I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just made up my mind, I'm going to do something about this. And I did, but until I've made up my mind, nothing changed. And I can tell you that about any number of endeavors or things that I have pursued in my life. I've never achieved any of it. I've never accomplished a single thing until that happened first ever. When I made up my mind, that's no guarantee that it happened. It's no guarantee that, but I've never, ever achieved any outcome that I sought without first making up my mind. I have made up my mind sometimes and put in some work and still not achieved the outcome I most wanted. But I can tell you this, 100% of the time, it's always been better. It's always been an improvement. Maybe it wasn't the outcome I was seeking. Maybe it wasn't an outcome that I even had on my radar, but it was a better outcome. It was certainly a better outcome than I would have achieved had I not made up my mind and had I not put in any work. So there's that. What about you? Everybody wants to change their world or their outcome, but they may not be willing to change themselves. You know, today, it's re- that's really all it's about. It is about our willingness to change ourselves. And it really is summed up in one word, and that word is responsibility. To take responsibility. These poor people who are fleeing the Ukraine and those folks who are staying behind to fight, and some are doing both. I'm particularly taken by the men who are escorting their families out of the country and then kissing them goodbye and going back home to fight. You may have seen it on the news. This young father, he's got a son in his arms. The son's a toddler and this son is just has completely lost it. Very emotional. I don't know what they told this kid. The video was just heartbreaking though. Father's a policeman. He's got on a helmet. He's got on, you know, the police garb. And the kid is, he's hitting dad in the face. He's hitting his dad's helmet. He's just, he's just overcome with emotion because they're leaving. Dad is pretty much sending mom and son to safety as any responsible husband and father would. And son is not happy about it not happy about it. And you think, Hmm. Now those are some tough choices. Those are some really tough choices. Think about the choices that you are facing right now and quantify how tough your choices are compared to that. I know we really shouldn't compare ourselves with one another, but man, these are the times when compassion and empathy play a major role in helping us understand what's going on with people that are thousands of miles and on the other side of the globe from us, perhaps as they are for us here in America and your heart just breaks. But at the same time, you can't help but be driven to your knees with not just compassion, but gratitude that life is pretty good. Okay. We're all wrapped around the axle because gasoline prices have skyrocketed. I'm sorry. The government can blame that on Russia. All they want. It's not Russia's. It's not Russia's doing. We, we're, we're doing that to ourselves, but that's another topic for another day and another show. One that I will never do, by the way. Uh-huh. Okay, I mean, I hate it. I hate that gas is four bucks a gallon, whatever it is now, but it is. Okay, so now what? We can accept responsibility, which doesn't mean that we are to blame. That Ukrainian policeman is not to blame be blamed for Russia's invasion of his country or for the fact that he's now facing this difficult choice in life to stay home and defend and send his wife and small child away so they can be safe or at least have a better shot at being safe. But he's being responsible. He's accepting responsibility and he's making decisions that he feels are best for him and for his family. Yep. That's being responsible. That's being accountable. And we need to be doing the same thing with our lives. Tolstoy was right. Everybody wants to change the world, but nobody thinks about changing himself. We need to start thinking about, and I'll go you better, not just thinking about, but we need to start changing ourselves. I got all kinds of thoughts about that, but we can probably table that for another day. Chief among them would be stop listening to what we call news, which is not news. It was in the seventies when I was in journalism school at LSU. And we did have journalism at one point, our country did have journalism. We no longer have journalism. We have lost journalism and we are not better for it. We've got facts and figures and stats and numbers that aren't necessarily true. We have got lies upon lies, upon lies, upon lies being told to us. What's the truth? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I hate to confess that I'm growing and I've always been cynical, but I am growing even more so in latter years, cynical and skeptical. And while it would be great if you could believe what you hear, and it would be great if you could believe what you what you see, you probably already saw, you know, there's some some air some jet fighter flying across the sky, and of course very quickly that got outed as well, that's part of a video game. That's not that's that's not news from Ukraine. That's part of a video game. And it's like, okay. Welcome to the world of journalism today, kids. We are not a better country for lack of journalism, because now we don't even have enough data and and an and input of knowledge to try to seek understanding so that we could get about changing whatever needs to be changed. And so newsflash, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's not up to your Facebook group. It's not up to Instagram or TikTok. It's not up to your Snapchat followers. It's up to you. It's not up to whatever news feeds that you rely upon for your news or your information. It's up to you. And if you're waiting for the cavalry to come, they're not coming. They never were. What are you going to do? You've got some enemies that are in your way. How competitive are you willing to be? What does your competitive stamina look like? How easily defeated are you going to be? Some of us, the first sign of trouble, the very first sign we hear a shot, we're cowering. Others, they're taking up arms and they're putting in the fight because they think it's worth it. <music> Distractions, complacency, call it whatever you will, they are the enemy of greatness. But for some of us, they are the enemy of survival. There is something too, living to fight another day. We don't need to go borrowing problems, that's for sure, because we got enough to keep us busy today, but I suspect there are some days that my competitive stamina has been non-existent. I've not made up my mind, much less put in the work. And on those days, it shows, right? You feel it, I feel it. We recognize it. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. Other people may not even have a clue what you're going through or what the outcome is. They don't, they don't. was today a good day for you or not. They don't know who knows, you know, your husband knows your wife might know your family might know. And I say might, and they might not know Ah, but you know, commit yourself be willing to change, be willing to grow, be willing to improve, be willing to be uncomfortable long enough that it can make a meaningful difference. And as usual, I'm preaching to myself because that's largely what this is. You knew that already. The website is leaning toward My name is Randy Cantrell. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. Now, I don't suppose we're ever going to catch it, but we're going to keep on chasing it because it's our best option. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.